from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Carly. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The The Cooler. Cooler. Now that we're two weeks on from the brouhaha over Colin Kaepernick's Nike ad, we're asking, when do boycotts actually work? And keeping with the sports theme, we're going to talk about Serena Williams and whether or not it's ever really cool to lose your cool, especially if you're a woman. And not on a sports tip because I don't party like that. We're going to be diving into a rapid fire crash course of all the time mess you may have missed in the past couple of months. Folks, there are certain moments in the culture that you'd really have to be living under a rock to miss. Although I think we can all three of us honestly say that there are times in this new cycle when that rock looks incredibly appealing. Especially if it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, well. I would live under that. I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that and continue (laughs) and to say we've experienced one such moment very recently with the announcement that former San Francisco 49ers QB, Go Sports, Colin Kaepernick, was the new face of Nike's just do it campaign. Yeah. That campaign is 30 years old, by the way. Mm-hmm. 30 years. And we're still doing it. We're still doing it. <laughs> still just doing it. And I think we're, we're pretty familiar with what happened, right? Some people did not like this campaign. Yeah, yeah. mainly a couple mayors, particularly ones in Louisiana. Some yeah. people urged a boycott of Nike for their support of Colin Kaepernick. Look, boycotts, threatening boycotts, they are nothing new. And before we talk a bit more about Nike... I want to just take you guys back in time. Oh, is there a DeLorean that's going to pull? Come in. Come on. Well, it's going to be a flying one because we're going to Ireland. <laughs> the word boycott, guys, it comes from one man. That's a dude's name, Captain Charles Boycott. So he's related to Captain Morgan? I think so. Okay. I Captain mean, Obvious, too? <laughs> just <laughs> Natural all, assumption. Yeah. The Captain Brothers. So in late 19th century Ireland, this dude was this unpopular land agent and his tenants, the harvests were going badly and they requested a reduction in their rents. He did not give it to them and he tried to evict them. Mm. Bad Captain Boycott. And when the local people found out, they were just like, no, no, no. And they banded together to shun Captain Boycott. Guys, they boycotted Captain Boycott. I love it. Whoa. So his farm workers, his stable boys, probably even his horses. Everybody. His servants, they all refused to work. And local businesses wouldn't trade with the dude. The local mail guy wouldn't even bring his mail. Is this where we start playing Big Sean's? I don't. You? Like, I just. <laughs> How's he gonna get his coupons? How? Basically, there was this strike across multiple industries aimed at one dude, Captain Boycott, to cast him out of society as a punishment. And so, one guy's name basically becomes this verb for going on strike against someone or something. I was trying to think of other folks whose names have become verbs, and all I could think of was Lewinsky from that. Ooh, ooh. So. Lewinsky all well, over that is, his gown. Yeah. Or her gown. So I wasn't going to run with that. I know one. Oh. It's not a positive one. Mm. Columbusing. Oh, oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's quite the uh, the triad of that. Mm. Yeah. Boycott, Lewinsky, Columbus. Just a lot of misbehaving white men. Pretty much. That is the common denominator, I That's see the here. trend of history. Okay. That's what our show's about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
That is the tagline for season four. Okay, so like boycotts did not start with this, obviously, but they gained uh, notoriety and they got a name and some other famous boycotts through history. You may be familiar with them for civil rights, the Montgomery bus boycotts mm-hmm. oh, in yeah. segregation in the 50s. Uh, there was a public boycott of non-union fruit and veg after the Delano grape strike. Fast forward to 2012, Chick-fil-A. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I and- took part of that, but it wasn't that hard for me because I don't eat chicken. <laughs> I was gonna you say. are very clearly a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, but they had it coming. And so, yeah, that was about uh, Chick-fil-A's, I believe, their CFO. So it gave money to anti-LGBT groups. And like most recently this year, the boycott that leaps to my mind uh, was all the stuff that happened after the Parkland shooting. Uh, The NRA got boycotted. Mm -hmm. And Laura Ingram, who until then I had been blissfully unaware of. Her advertisers got targeted after this. So that to me was interesting. But let's take it back to Nike and Colin Kaepernick. There was this backlash from people who don't like what it is that Kaepernick and now Nike stand for. And there was actually this hashtag boycott Nike. But guys, if this is a boycott, it doesn't appear to have gone very well. (laughs) No. Imagine cutting up and burning your own things. Right? Doesn't really have an impact on the bottom line. Guys, all of my clothes are on fire. Why isn't Nike (laughs) suffering? And listen, I have receipts. Receipt number one, Nike has not been that hurt. After the ad drops, the share prices go right down, but they climbed back up. And that is not consumers being like, ah, Nike, I'm not going to buy your stuff. That's investors Mm -hmm. who are afraid that consumers will say, ah, Nike, I'm not going to buy your stuff. They're afraid that people are racist. They are. Pretty much. And number two, according to estimates by Checks Notes, Edison Trends, Nike sales are actually up. Yes. By 31% compared with the previous period after the Labor Day holiday. So not only are people not not bought Nike, they've gone out of their way to purchase stuff. I've considered it. Did you actually? No, I said I considered it. <laughs> I have never well, seen and, you wear and, sports and, wear. And that that's more than you've done in the past, yes? Right. Okay. I'm, I'm a procrastinator. I'm a procrastinator. Procre- why can't I say this word? <laughs> procrastinator. No, I'm just not going to say it. It's one of those people that can't you- get to things. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a procrastinator, Emmanuel? I am. Thanks for saying that for oh, me. Oh, yeah. And I'll get around to it. Maybe next week I'll be wearing a jersey that says Kaepernick on the back. It'll be a first. That's for sure. It will. Mm-hmm. It will. Sportswear becomes you, I think. But that's what happens when Nike stands with people who are oppressed and just saying a very basic fact, which is, hey, let's look at injustice in this country, which is a very real thing. It's not about the anthem, people. It's pretty simple. It's not about the anthem. And so boycotting, I don't know whether you guys know this, it's sometimes called, this nice phrase called moral purchasing. Oh, I like this phrase. Mm. I shall be, spin. I shall be yeah. using it in everyday discourse. It kind of gets away from the outrage and it shows it's a vote. I am voting with my purse. I am putting my money where my values are. Mm-hmm. And often that is really inconvenient, right? Like showing oh, yeah. how deeply you care about something. Like that can be kind of a, a buzzkill and a hassle. Well, when you start digging into organizations, you're probably not going to buy a lot. And so for that reason, the Nike boycott's really interesting because the people who didn't like it and were calling for a so-called boycott were doing this kind of like retroactive boycott, like burning your existing Nike mm. stuff. You're like, honey, they have your money already. It's, that's not how that works. And now you have no shoes. Yes, and your socks are gone also. <laughs> like Nike sales are ups, which means that, you know, not only are people not boycotting, they're actually saying, hey, I'd quite like to support Nike. What's the lowest price item I can buy? Has there been a very recent boycott that has stuck with you guys? Oh, plenty. I mean, the one that comes to mind right now, which is most similar to this one, is the Starbucks boycott. I don't know if you guys remember that. What did they do? Starbucks committed to hiring, I think it was 10,000 refugees. 
And that was a very political act. I forgot about that. Or it this. was perceived, perceived as a very political act by some people. So there was a boycott Starbucks trend happening for a while on social in which people were buying cups of coffee and then pouring them out on social media. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand how that works. And again, not a boycott. Not a boycott. You, They have your money already. So maybe this history lesson is something that everybody needs to learn about how to properly boycott. Because once they've got your money, the decision has already been made. Boycotts versus backlash, guys. Two different words in the dictionary. Mm -hmm. Emmanuel, how about you? Have you ever boycotted anything yourself? Well, now that I heard that story, I'm currently boycotting the boycotters of Starbucks. (laughs) But also I tried to boycott Target. Oh, that's a hard one, honey. Because they have a history of contributing to anti-gay and Republican causes that, you know, I'm not down with. But I just love Target too much. I got dirty with the pig with that one. But I will refuse to click on certain news websites Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to give them ad revenue, even though I have an ad blocker. Click his Mm -hmm. money. I feel that way about Kanye. I haven't listened to a Kanye album in quite some time now. You know what? You won't get my stream. You won't. Sorry, Tiana Taylor. I really was looking forward to the album. Not going to get my stream. Sorry, Camila Cabello, the most racist Fifth Harmony member. So racist. I don't give her streams, even though I heard one of her songs and I kind of liked it. But I'm not (laughs) going to listen to it. I'm sorry. Boycotting is inconvenience. Put that on the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. But right, social media, it amplifies, but also I to your point, I think it like misdirects and it it overinflates things. Like you see this so-called Starbucks boycott that is not, you see the Nike boycott that is not. And I think that we absolutely overestimate the impact these things have. And I think that when boycotts don't work, it's because people have overestimated and overinflated their majority Mm. and their influence and their impact. I know that social media feeds off emotion, but that's not only going to get you so far. Is this the like digital version of the slow clap? You know how you're like, yes, and you're the only one clapping? Well, (laughs) this is the sports episode, so it's a golf clap, surely. (laughs) Well, like in 2015, do you remember folks tried to make that boycott Star Wars thing happen? Oh, Do you boy. remember that when folks found out that John Boyega had been cast in The Force Awakens, people did not like it. They referred to diverse casting as white genocide. But The Force Awakens became the U.S.'s highest grossing film of all time. Mm. Something's off here. These people are okay with... All kinds of aliens and Wookiees and all this stuff. But black but people? But a black person but a black in space? guy in a helmet? I, just, I imagine this is sort of like the League of Their Own version of, there are no black people in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> also, there are no Asian people in space because the second movie Absolutely. that came Obviously. out, they had an issue with that. So Star Wars, guys, get out more. <laughs> <laughs> but yet we all remember this thing. It got totally overinflated. But they didn't do anything with it this is the thing like if captain boycott has taught us anything it's that a true boycott is a strike Mm -hmm. and if you don't strike mainly with your money then sir you are just a guy on twitter burning your own shoes read them carly We've all been in situations where we have been so pissed that it has taken a ridiculous amount of energy to get us to calm down. Yes? Mm-hmm. Deep breaths. We've all been there. Deep breaths. Well, our sister queen, Serena, had one such incident this weekend at the U.S. Open 
Oof. Yikes. Mm, you may have heard. Mm-hmm. Yes. You may have seen. You heard. You know. Yeah, you seen. You heard everything. And she decided to use her energy not to calm down, but to check somebody, mm-hmm. mainly the umpire at the tennis match. So in case you don't know, this weekend, Serena was playing newcomer Naomi Osaka. She is actually of Japanese and Haitian descent, and she is the first Japanese citizen to win a Grand Slam tournament. So her and Serena were playing, and Serena actually got three violations during this tournament. Three strikes. Three $17, strikes. $17,000. Yes. Oof. So I'll break it down. Basically, I mean, that's toilet paper to her and her husband, but I'm just right. saying. Yeah. It's the principle. It is the principle. That matters. So basically, umpire Carlos Ramos accused Serena of cheating during the match. First, he said that her coach was coaching her from the side. Oh, yeah, like giving her hand signals, right? Hand coaching, I exactly. think. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And she said, I can't even see up there. I'm playing a game. I don't know if you noticed. Mm-hmm. And then her coach afterwards is like, yeah, I was coaching her. And it's like, dude, stop it. <laughs> chill, chill, <laughs> chill. Then she stepped to him and she said, quote, you stole a point from me and you're a thief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. Yeah, I'm just saying. Because he also stole a game from her later on. I'm just saying. And then that brings me to her smashing her racket mm-hmm. on the tennis court. After the match, she had this to say. I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality and for all kinds of stuff. And for me to say thief and for him to take a game, it made me feel like it was a sexist remark. I mean, like how uh, he's never took a game from a man because they said thief. <laughs> For me, it blows my mind. Thank you very much because we all remember the bad boys of tennis. The bad boys of tennis. John McEnroe? John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors, Andre Agassi. Those guys. And I feel like short of like actually using physical violence against the referees, they took it pretty far. Exactly. I mean, and even retired U.S. tennis star Andy Roddick came out of the woodwork and tweeted, I've regrettably said worse and I've never gotten a game penalty. So when I heard about this story, it kind of brought up a lot for me because... I've been there before. For me, like the reality of this delicate dance, if you're a woman or a person of color or you're queer, just any member of an underrepresented group, you always feel this pressure. You're like, how do I represent everybody and maintain my credibility, but also let you know that I'm not here for it? Mm -hmm. And so when I saw Serena flash... Part of me was like, yes. Go off. Go off, girl. (laughs) Now's the time. Now is the time. But the other part of me was like, Serena, you in danger, girl. Like, I went all Whoopi Goldberg ghost on it. You're like, not in this economy. Not in this. Let's not do this because people are going to use this as an opportunity to diminish your accomplishments. And sure enough, the headlines all talked about how immature she was, how she threw a tantrum, how petulant she was. And then everything culminated with sort of this caricature that was published. Oh, my God, that cartoon, right? The Herald Sun, an Australian paper in which they depicted her as a child throwing a tantrum. And we're not even going to talk about the racial insensitivities there. Oh, I think people can look at that cartoon and make up their own minds. Exactly. Australia. Mm. Again. But this is something that's been talked about in tennis for quite a long time. I mean, tennis legend Billie Jean King said that tennis is an, an emotional sport and that when men sort of have outbursts, they're seen as, quote, outspoken. But when women have outbursts, then they're hysterical. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah, to go back to John McEnroe, his outbursts are so infamous that like it became part of his brand. And it was all about like people giving him endorsements because he was this character Mm -hmm. of himself of like, oh, yeah, I just tell it like it is. I'm a straight shooter. He monetized on it. Yeah. Whereas Serena has to give money to just give her opinion. I watched not the whole match because, you know, you know, yeah, but I watched the relevant clips. It was 15 minutes on YouTube. And what I saw, knowing nothing about tennis, I'm on her side. He was unfair. He would not do that to a man. So she should have popped off. And I'm glad she did. 
Exactly. The thing that really struck me was obviously everything that happened, but the way that the crowd then booed Osaka. I know. It's like... Women cannot win in this Mm -hmm. situation. Well, I didn't really take it as they were booing Osaka. They Mm -hmm. were just booing the situation and the U.S. Open officials and that this has been a trend with Serena specifically at this tournament. They make calls that don't necessarily align with the way they would treat a white person or a man. Mm -hmm. And I will say that Serena at some point made it really clear during the tournament that that was uncalled for and she went over and she consoled Osaka. But it was a really emotional moment for her because Serena is an idol of hers and you know it was her first time there. But she's the reason that she started playing tennis, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad Serena you know, reached out and really comforted her. I was reading Rebecca Traster's essay on this for The Cut, and I want to just read you something she wrote in that essay, which which was all about Serena then having to do that labor of smoothing things out. And Rebecca Traster writes, This has been the ask of women, and most especially of non-white women, since the beginning of time. Take the diminution and injustice and don't get mad about it. If you get mad, you will get punished for it and then you will be expected to fix it to make sure everyone is comfortable again. I know that's long, but I wanted to read it in full. Exactly. You are left with doing the work. Fix it. Make it comfortable. You made people uncomfortable. How dare you? Speaking of doing the work, can I share a story? Am I in a safe place? Can I share a story about something that happened to me when I had to do the work? Yes. So once upon a time, I was at Whole Foods minding my own business, Mm -hmm. shopping. It so happens that the cashier in the line next to me said, I'm open. Can you come over to my line? So I wheel my little basket over there. Before I get there, this woman, four or five items in her hand, We'll call her yoga pants. Mm. Skirts in front of me. I got the picture. Mm, you got it. We call her Lulu. Lulu. Last name yeah. Lemon. Yeah. yeah. Skirts in front of me. And I'm I surveyed the situation. I have a cart. She has four or five items. I'm like, she can clearly go in front of me. However, I'm gonna explain what's happening here. So myself and the cashier both said, excuse me, she was actually next in line. And I was like, hi, I was coming over. The cashier escorted me over here. I'm next. She looked at me and said something to the effect of, I don't care. It was like very dismissive. Then she turned around and I said, you know what? Decision time. (laughs) Decision time. The crossroads. Well, the crossroads. What can I do here? Like I can go off. I can ignore it. I can just be upset and let her go in front of me. And I decided I was going to do none of that. I decided I was going to take my cart, wheel it around her. And then put my things on the conveyor belt. And that's exactly what I did. And when I did that, she lost her mind. This woman was a pencil length away from my face. Lulu. Yelling at me. Lulu was telling me about how my time was not as valuable as hers. She screamed about how I cut her. If you were down the aisle buying your quinoa, you heard her. She was going off. So the manager had to come over there. They had to assess the situation. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I'm in the right here. But if I engage with this woman people from the outside are going to see us arguing and oh they're going gosh. to make a judgment call about who is at fault and i can't afford that today plus i'm mm-hmm. on my lunch break i gotta get back to work right so i said nothing but on the way out i got my satisfaction Ooh. because she was angry and i realized that me not saying anything actually made her more angry so oh. then i started to gather pleasure from the fact that she was being agitated by what appeared to be a calm person in the face wow. of her anger so on the way out i said you know what I hope you get the help that you need. Yes. You have a great day. Yes. <laughs> that is great. One I'm woman resistance. Oh, so have you guys ever been in a situation where you were like, I need to go off? Oh, yeah. And anytime that I haven't popped off, mm. like I don't have a nice story like yours where it's like, you know what? That was the right thing to do. <laughs> and I derived my satisfaction, sir. I just always feel like, 
oh, I should have found my voice in that moment Mm -hmm. and said what I needed to say because that person is going to continue to go through the world and think they can push people around. And that's not okay. The times that I have stood up for myself Mm -hmm. in my own quiet way have been great. One of my catchphrases is don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) We won't get into that particular story but don't do that i don't know you step away Mm -hmm. these are all good phrases to use yeah but it's a trap right if you are in an underrepresented group at that moment in time Mm -hmm. you are in a total trap because if you don't respond you somehow feel like you enabled you tolerated you encouraged even and And you you live with it too you're still angry after it and you live with it yeah You marinate in it like some kind of chicken. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z once said, a wise man told me. It was in a song. Don't remember which one, but look it up. (laughs) Jay-Z once once said that a wise man told me never argue with fools because people observing can't tell who's who. Mm. Now, it it didn't go exactly like that. He he has a a way with words (laughs) that I don't. He's a musician, right? Yeah. (laughs) So now that I've spilled my guts and I've had my therapy session here, I want to hear from you all. And when I say you all, I mean the listeners. Yes, you the person listening, headphones on. If you've had a time where you had to pop off on someone or you didn't pop off on them and you regret not doing it, let us know about it. Tweet us at KQED Pop, give us a little blurb, and maybe I'll share it on a future show. I am guessing people will have much to say. Pop off. A whole lot happened in the months while we were away over the summer. I could just leave all that mess in the past. You could. Mm. If I took the high road like Michelle said I should. No, not today, honey. But I have time today. <laughs> There's a time and a place for a read. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Serena taught us. Exactly. Mm. So buckle up, because we're about to take a high-speed trip through all the pop culture highs and lows of the past few months. Oh, I'm so ready. That we texted about, but didn't make podcasts about. <laughs> exactly. We need it on the record. Okay, so there's a lot to cover here. I'm going to try and do it in under 10 minutes. Oh, you're up for the challenge. I believe in you. Sir, I'm not sure you're going to succeed. I don't think so either, but we, you. we will try. Support you. Anyone blaming Ariana Grande for the death of her ex-boyfriend, Mac Miller? Mm. He had an addiction before her. He had an addiction after her. Mm -hmm. He's not her responsibility. Delete your account if you're sending her mean messages. Delete it right now. I don't even want to get into this because it makes me angry, but I do want to get into it because it makes me angry. But 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Louis C.K. has returned. And some people are claiming he has served his time and he deserves a second chance less than a year after all of these stories came out about him. Hmm. Lest we forget, Winona Ryder was blacklisted for over a decade because she stole a few things. Oh, really? Just a few? No. And Mark Jacobs was fine with it. Yeah, grand larceny, but who's Kelly Wilson? (laughs) Really? So, to all Louis C.K. apologists, save it. Also, Janet, but uh, Janet is still suffering, but go ahead, continue. Speaking of Janet. Mm. (laughs) Ten minutes. Les Moonves, the CEO of CBS, recently had six women come forward and say, hey, that man sexually abused me. CBS was like, did you hear something? I didn't. I could have sworn I heard the chirping of women. And then Ronan Fair is like, oh, my beer. Six (laughs) more women came forward and he has stepped down. He didn't get his $100 severance package thing. Oh, sorry for him. But on top of all of those heinous things, it also came out that he was actively trying to ruin Janet's career after the Super Bowl halftime show, aka Nipplegate, in 2004. He felt, allegedly, 
that she didn't apologize to him enough. Mm. It's all about the deference that they want. Timberlake was fine. You know why he was fine? Because apparently Justin apologized and cried. And so Les thought, you know what? I feel this. So you get to perform at the Grammys. Janet, you can't even attend the Grammys. Turns out Crimea River wasn't just a a song. Double standards. They're not just for tennis. Mm. And Les also told VH1, MTV, and Viacom-owned radio stations not to play her music and videos for years and years and years. And all those people who are saying she wasn't blacklisted, her work wasn't as good. That's why we didn't play it. Here it is. Here it is. Didn't he also uh, get angry when she tried to publish a book through one of their publishing imprints? She published a book in 2011. He got mad about that as well because she spoke her truth, which is not allowed in his world, Mm. a man's world. So, Karma, I appreciate you showed up, but you could have been earlier. Yeah, just... A little late there, but it's fine. Fashionably late. The wig is snatched nonetheless, but I would have appreciated happening in the, you know, early aughts, if you will. Camila Cabello. Oh, here we go. Won Best Video and Best Artist at the MTV VMAs, which is not the most reputable award show ever, and we don't really care. MTV isn't that girl anymore. But Havana over Beyonce and Jay-Z's ape, I can't say the other word. not understanding. Childish Gambinos, This is America. Mm -hmm. In what universe? Havana? No. Roseanne is moving to Israel. Bye, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all on that. (laughs) (laughs) A site called Breathe Heavy is on my pit list Mm. for tweeting the following. Our newly crowned LGBTQ king is Niall Official, the boy from One Direction, for holding a gay fan's hand during a meet and greet. I'm sorry, what? We salute you. Hello, hello, what? Oh, guys, he treated a gay person like a human being. Imagine Mm. such a display of allyship. So he deserves a trophy. And a crown, apparently, a scepter. The rent is too damn high (laughs) and the bar is too damn low. Exactly. (laughs) We're in the middle. You better preach. outraged. And now on to... A gentleman, first name Wiz, last name Khalifa. Mm. He appeared on The Breakfast Club. His Highness, if you will. No, I will not. (laughs) He appeared on The Breakfast Club, which used to be the best meal of the day. But after this, I'm not sure. But now. He said, straight men should not bite into bananas because they will immediately be suspected as being gay. Oh, my God. It's the old straight man and banana conundrum, is it? (laughs) You say that like it's a undocumented <laughs> thing. Listen, I, what is a straight I man to do? I will say this is not the first time I've heard this ridiculous thing. Go ahead. Continue, sir. I'm thinking of people in the 1400s trying to eat a banana. They're like, wait, that would make me gay. So I'm, I'm not going to eat that. Like, are you that insecure in your masculinity that you refuse to eat a piece of fruit mm. because someone might suspect that you might be gay? Or maybe, sir, you might suspect. You, <laughs> if you're that worried about it, maybe you might suspect. Doth protest too much. Mm. You run the risk of getting scurvy. Mm. Yes. Fruit's important, guys. I believe so. You know what else is phallic? Hmm. Mm. Microphone. So he should retire, right? Oh, yes. Bye. Yes. Enjoy your potassium-deficient, ignorant-ass life. I'll take. Next. Another pick goes to another homophobe by the name of Doja Cat. Oh. She shot to stardom fine. this summer with a song all about being a cow. I was into it. You mm-hmm. were into it. We, were we all, all were into it. We were it. all into it. We barely got to enjoy because a few days later, someone found some receipts of her using a gay slur. You know the one. Oh. And so she tried to do damage control by tweeting the following. I'm not going to say the word. I'll just say F. You know what she said. Quote, I called a couple people F words. When I was in high school in 2015, does this mean I don't deserve support? I've said F word roughly like 15,000 times in my life. Girl. Does saying F word mean you hate gay people? Girl. Do I hate gay people? I don't Do think we? I hate gay people. <laughs> gay is okay. 
Is that a question you're asking me, girl, or what? <laughs> she sounds very confused. She sounds like this it, is a conversation that she has with her conscience, and she, right? shouldn't have not ha- she shouldn't have invited us into it, basically. This is a draft, and mm-hmm. then you get your tweet in order. Yes. Yeah, you rewrite. You sculpt away to find the gold oh. within. <sighs> there is no gold. She is the thinker. She's that statue. <laughs> She's still figuring it out. Hot Rodan references in this season of The Cooler. Yes. But a Cliff's Notes version for her, if, in case she doesn't want to do soul-searching, Saying that word maybe means you hate gay people, but it definitely means you have no respect for them. So go read a book. That also means that you're not going to get my support. So yeah. you have, you asked that question also? Mm-hmm. Boycott. Answer, yeah. And because homophobia is rampant in these streets. Eminem has a new album. He used a gay slur on it. Of course. After all this time, just because you performed with Elton John one time doesn't give you a free pass. <laughs> you're not invited to the cookout. You are not part of this club. You know it hurts people. You've been through this before and you still do it. And for that, sir... I don't think you're the best lyricist of our generation Mm. because if you were, you would be able to think of a different word. There are thesaurus apps now. You don't even have to buy one. They are free. That's true. Accessible to everyone. But also, side note, anybody who needs it, who's like running a thesaurus for that word, it's also problematic. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's more of an urban dictionary guy, quite frankly. In general, do better Mm. for him. Someone who is trying to do better, Kelsey Grammer. Haven't heard that name in a while. Uh, You say you haven't. (laughs) Kelsey Grammer, who is now on his fourth wife, mm. and he has ruined the past marriages because he likes to cheat. Mm-hmm. And so this time he was like, I don't want to do that. And so what did he do? Just didn't cheat, right? It's not as hard as you think it is. Just don't cheat. Well, he feels like he's going to want to. So <laughs> you can just feel it. Feel it. So he got a tattoo next to his penis okay. of his wife's name. Wow. So if you have so much trouble being in a monogamous relationship, maybe don't get married to people who want to be in a monogamous relationship. Like, you don't have to get the tattoo. I wish that there was some way of conveying the look on Jamidra and I's faces right now as we gaze at you. Penis tattoo. Well, I'm just, here's the thing, though. You don't see it when you're in the act, so I don't understand how that's helpful. Whoa, lights off all the time. Well, hey, I Mm. like to see. Go ahead. I like a candle. (laughs) And to Lindsay Lohan. Oh, no. Listen. She knows what she's doing. Whatever you're about to say, she's not dumb. Well, she is, but she's not. (laughs) She felt like she needed to add more comments (laughs) about what she feels about the women of Me Too. And she told the Times, I'm going to really hate myself for saying this, but I think by women speaking against all these things, it makes them look weak. You have these girls who come out who don't even know who they are, who do it for attention. I love that she warned herself against herself. She's like, don't do it, girl. And she's still There's proceeding. a Doja Cat thing going on there. <laughs> Maligning sexual assault victims for some press. Some would say that was pretty weak and attention-seeking. Hmm. So glass house stones, seek therapy. Good luck. Now that we've went through all of that mess. Hmm. We've been through hell. I'm going to leave you with something to take the bitter taste out of your mouth. A peek, if you will. Oh, come on. Let's climb to the mountaintop together. Ascend. Last week, Black Lives Matter activist DeRay McKesson was on this very show. Love him. And he made an interesting point about the difference between allies and accomplices. Allies are people who love you from a distance. Accomplices are people who love you up close. Mm -hmm. Meaning allies talk the talk. Accomplices walk the walk. Exactly. This speak goes to a woman who falls into the latter category. Who's she? Her name is Emily Sioma. She was representing Michigan in the Miss America pageant Mm. this past weekend. And in her introduction, instead of mentioning how she loves golden retrievers or how April 25th is the perfect date, Miss Congeniality (laughs) reference for those at home. (laughs) It's important that out. (laughs) She used her platform to bring national attention to a serious issue. In the state 
with 84% of the U.S. fresh water, but none for its residents to drink. I am Miss Michigan, Emily Theoma. Come through. Speak on that Come trip. Come through. My lady. And I feel like it was kind of a big risk because the people who are judging and watching these yeah. shows lean conservative, I would say. Tough audience. And she did not make it into the top 15, but she's a winner in my book. Exactly. Absolutely. Peak of the week to Emily Sioma because you deserve it. And a quick little peek goes to the person working on the new Mission Impossible movie who made the decision to create a plot point that involves cutting back every few minutes to a bomb detonator resting in the crease of problematic Bay Henry Cavill's crotch. Oh. You're a hero, and <laughs> you have my gratitude. That's a great movie, and everyone should see it. Okay, so it's now time for our song of the week. Yes. Before we went on our two-month hiatus, I called to the corners of the north, south, east, west. That you did. I beckoned to Manon mm-hmm. to bring something into existence for me and for all of us, really. Hang on. You're not about to tell me Robin is back. Believe it. There was skepticism in the room when there I said was. that back in the day. Extreme there skepticism. Lo and behold, the universe heard my call, delivered on a silver platter after an eight-year drought, a song called Missing You by none other than Robin. Why? Did she still have the Justin Bieber cut? <laughs> she has a new haircut. That's okay. what you're going to take from this? Well, I'm just... I, he cast a spell and it worked. Also, he has a Robin cut. Okay, true. Okay. So this song will make every nostalgic emo person out there oh. clutch their heart and go, ow. <laughs> and then go to the dance floor and say, ow. Okay. Too much? No, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, take it away, Robin. There's this empty space you left behind. Now you're not here with me. I can take it through a waste of time. This episode was edited by me, Emmanuel, with help from Ashley Ann Krigbaum. All original music comes from Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. And thanks always to our podcast papa, David Marcus. If you miss us in the next seven days, you can find us on the social medias. I'm Excuse My Beauty on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Teacup in the Bay on all relevant platforms, not LinkedIn. And you can find me at Jimmy Dresses on Instagram and Twitter. Bye. I miss you. Mm-hmm.